All right, welcome back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. I'm Joe Bond, content manager of at So Called Fantasy Experts. And, uh, turn that off. And uh, <laughs> sorry, I get a little rattled there from that. And um, and owner of FantasySixPack.net. Uh, my co-host tonight is AJ Applegarth. What's going on, man? Hey, how are you? Good, good. Glad to see you are on time. <laughs> yeah, it's a miracle how that actually happens yeah, once is. in a while. I know. I I, uh, I was like, oh, maybe this is our our guest instead. But uh, no, you jumped in. A uh, little little slow clap there for the for for being for being on time. But uh, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. So so we've got a we've got a good show for you tonight. Um, we'll be talking some fancy basketball because basketball is starting tonight and getting into some of the the world series and then we will continue with the you know the, the normal regular schedule program that is you know discussing the, the week six hot topics and then getting into some or week seven hot topics i should say and then you know getting you all prepared for your week eight matchup um, but let's let's start off here with some fantasy basketball. Um, I want to welcome in, I, at least I hope this is who this is. I haven't screened the call yet. Uh, Mark Kaplan from uh, FantasyAlarm.com. We've played in a couple couple of leagues together over the years in fantasy in fantasy baseball. Uh, he's we, I think the series is pretty even, but uh, it's, he's probably better than I am. But anyway. Um, I think I'm trying to get him in. Mark, are you there? Yeah, I'm I'm here, guys. How y'all doing? Hey, pretty hey, good. Man, how are you? Uh, <laughs> it's great so introduction. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I I realized it like halfway through the year that in that FSWA league, and then I don't know what was that league called on Yahoo. Um, uh, I don't remember the name of the league, but you and I were. We're in that league. We're in both of those leagues, and I was ahead by like four points. They were ahead of me, and the other one by like four points, and we were like first and second in both at one point. It was kind of crazy. I was like, you're like my nemesis in fantasy baseball right now. <laughs> I know. Sure you Yahoo me too. I was, I was so mad because I just like my pitching was garbage. And the FSWA league, I fell apart the last day. Just baseball, man. Like two RBIs is the difference of winning and losing the league. It's crazy. I was in first place in the FSWA league up until like mid-August, if not later than that. Like the entire league and my pitching just complete disaster. I went from having like the third best ERA to the third worst in a month. I was like, how in the hell? So yeah, I was <laughs> equally as pissed about that league as you were the other one. <laughs> so, but yeah, so. So basketball, man, I'm sitting here watching the Cavs and the Bulls, and the Bulls are sticking it to them right now. So, um, so you excited to for the season to finally finally get on the get get off the snide um, here and get started. Man, I'm I'm so ready for it. It's crazy. It's like it's opening day. You're ready to go in those three games. It's like. It's like a small appetite before the dinner. I'm ready for tomorrow, to be honest, when it's like a full game schedule. But at the same time, yeah. the fact that we have basketball, doing all the research for it, and just being back in, in basketball mode, there's, to me, there's nothing better. I love it. 
Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of, I'm kind of taking basketball season off this year. Um, just like I got, I got a few too many things going on right now, and uh, had to take a step back. So, but I did want to make sure I talked about it because it is, it is actually, to be perfectly honest with you, my my favorite fantasy sport of all of them. Even though I was, I was a little burned by it last year, too many teams I think are following the the Spurs model of just resting all their guys, and it's just, it's a hard one to keep up with now because of that. At least I think. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you. I mean, I do this, so I'm going to say it's my favorite. But to me, it's, it's a good mix because it's not every day you get some Thursdays off. So it's not exactly baseball yeah. like grinding it out. But it's every day. You're right. Like, guys get injured. Guys sit out. But, like, I hate that argument because it's like in baseball, pitchers go on the DL for two weeks. A guy randomly gets crashed. You know, he's going against a left-handed pitcher. He might sit out. So, when it comes to, like, other sports, it's kind of really not that different. You know, it's just – I think basketball really takes people off is when someone plays at 9 p.m. and then minus clock at 7, at 7.30 they announce Zach Randolph's out. And you're like, well, he was in my lineup. There's no red flag or anything and tell me that he's out, and now he's out. And it's frustrating, but it also works both ways. Sometimes you're going to have that guy in your lineup that's going to suck, and then there's other times where – you're fading that guy, and 20 or 30% of the tournament has him, and you're like, you know what? I'm, I'm sitting pretty right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I can. I haven't dabbled into the DFS as much as I probably should have, but that's actually what I think I'm going to do this year is actually do the DFS for, for basketball. But uh, the, the season long, man, that was just – I got on my nerves with all the with all the Greg Popovich coaches out there now that are just resting guys for no reason and like you said you don't find out until 10 minutes before tip off that your guy's not playing and you're you know especially in head especially in head-to-head leagues you just get screwed on number of of players playing that week to the other team if you got you know three or four guys at rest especially if it's your stars but i digress let's move on um so real quick here let's 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 get some guys that um that you that you seem to like a little better than the rest of the uh, you know experts out there. Yeah, um, you know I think there's there's a lot of value in some veterans this year that I think people are really slipping on. You look at the point guard position. You have a guy like Rajon Rondo who just kind of was in like fantasy wonderland. Didn't really nomad land last year. Just really didn't do much. But now he's going to be the starter. He racks up assists. He's not going to cost a lot in a draft. To me, that's a guy that could be a top-five guy in assists that's going to be an eighth, tenth-round pick. You also have to look at positions. One guy I'm super high on this year that no one even talks about is Ian Mahimi from the Indiana Pacers because everyone's talking about Miles Turner, who is hurt right now. Jordan Hill's garbage. So this guy's going to start. He's going to play 30 to 35 minutes. And in fantasy basketball, unlike any other sports, the minutes of correlation to fantasy points is huge. So if I'm going to get a guy literally off the waiver wire or last pick of the draft who's going to play 30, 35 minutes, give me rebounds, blocks is like gold in fantasy basketball, that to me is awesome. So a guy I really like is Ian Mahimi. I think most people can grab him. And at least he'll be serviceable the first couple months of the season. Yeah, I can't argue with you there at all. I, um, You know, one, one thing that – yeah, you're exactly right. The if a guy gets minutes, I'm not gonna say always produces, but he at least has value. Like in the mo- in in most cases, um, so yeah, that de- definitely usage rates there as far as you know minutes per game just means a means a ton in in fantasy basketball. 
Um, so on the flip side of that, what are some guys that you kind of see as being overvalued this year in, in drafts or, or, you know, going into the, the season now that it started? Right. I mean, I'm not going to harp on Kawhi Leonard because if you know me at all, I just I cannot stand a guy in fantasy. I don't get it. But it's kind of more of a shooting guard position. I don't really get it. You have – it's like Clay Thompson, and people want to say he's the first-round pick, but he contributes in points and three-pointers made, and that's all he does. And you look at guys like that, Danny Green, Kyle Korver. Uh, I know DeMar Carroll is a small forward, but there's just so many of these guys that pe- that for some reason are ranked high on Yahoo or ESPN that get 12 points, four rebounds, and that's all they get, and they're a fourth- or fifth-round pick while I'm drafting – a guy like DeMar DeRozan later who's getting 20 points and four rebounds. So it's, I just don't get why people love these shooting guards because a lot of them are not that good. I'm not talking about James Harden and Jimmy Butler. I'm just talking about most of the shooting guards in the NBA don't really do a lot. So people invest high draft picks on guys that really leave a lot to be to be wanting for. I'm not a guy like Serge Ibaka. I don't like him either. Again, 15.7 rebounds. I don't want my first-round pick having 16.7 rebounds. It doesn't matter if he gets two two blocks a game. I need a guy that's going to get 20 points, 10 rebounds, and then a block and a half a game. That's a lot better than a guy that's going to get 15 points, seven rebounds, and two blocks a game. So I think that, to me, is the biggest thing in fantasy basketball is people look at one category, oh, well, it's only points. Right. But if a guy scores 15 points, his shooting percentage doesn't matter as much as a guy that scores 20 points because – He's not shooting as much. I think that's another thing where people get the percentage skewed. I'll give you an example. DeAndre Jordan, great. He shoots 70% from the field. He takes shoots six shots a game. That's it. Yeah. That's nothing. So it's, it's, when people look at percentages, it's all relative, and especially in the head-to-head category league, because it's every, one, I can win shooting 40% one week, and then the next week I can shoot 50% and lose. So you can't really even you know, go on guys that are good or bad percentages because every week that changes. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's 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 absolutely something that's overlooked in fantasy basketball is just you know, people people think, Oh, he shoots eighty percent, so it's great. But yeah, no, I absolutely right. I mean if he only shoots the ball six times, the amount that that's going to affect your overall line isn't going to matter. And and yeah, so you know, I've never understood the Kawhi Leonard train. He's gotten better, um but yeah, he's kind of he's kind of mediocre in everything, and like that's that's great. He can give you everything, but you know what? So can Nicholas Batum, and I'll get Batum five rounds later. Right. And I just exactly. don't understand. No, and, and I'm with you. Like I don't understand. You're right. Like I mean, points and rebounds. He wasn't even top four at the end. Yes, he was number one in steals. You know, he hits, everyone's like, oh, he hits a three-pointer a game. Great, that's 100th in the NBA. 100 other players in the NBA hit, 103, or hit a one three-pointer or more. He's not going to – everyone's like, oh, he's going to score more points. But they just got a guy that shot 20 times a game last year who made the most field goals in the league, and you're just saying, tell me Kawhi Leonard's getting more shots. Like, just nothing would ever make sense. The guy's never played more than 66 games in the in, uh, NBA season. So – there's so many flags, and yet people just blindly, oh, he's so good, he's so good, and it's like, why? Well, he's ranked so high. Why? I don't know. And like that's all they say. So I, I never understand the argument. I'm glad you're on my on my side. You're like the one that's yeah. that are on 
my side, so I appreciate it. I I like those players. I like the Kawhi Leonard type of player, the kind of all around guy to to round out my team later, you know, mid round guys. I used to back in the day, I used to be able to take um what's his name? Sean Marion. I used to pick up Sean Marion every single year and like I felt like it was like round ten and I feel like he was a huge reason why I won every league because he just kind of filled all the gaps that I needed in round 10. And he was pretty good at it too, but he wasn't elite at any one thing. He was kind of good at everything. Right, exactly. And small forward this year, there seems to be some good values too. You, you mentioned the team. I think the team's definitely going to be great. getting dropped in fifth round. They say they want to run the offense through him. Guy like Danilo Gallinari, everyone's just, Sleeping on. He had a great second half of the season last year. There's some guys like Rodney Hood, TJ Warren for the Phoenix Suns and Utah Jazz mm-hmm. that I think are going to make some noise. So there's really a lot of value to me at small forward. So wasting it on a guy like like Kawhi Leonard just doesn't make sense to me. Like a guy like Rudy Gay who gets 20 something points, just as many rebounds, and is going to really put up the similar stats without the extra steals is going two rounds later. I'd much rather have Rudy Gay than Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I, I agree. Except Rudy Gay's already dealing with injuries. Isn't he not? Isn't he not playing tonight? Or are they playing tonight? Or are they playing tomorrow? Tomorrow. I think it's because of a birth though in his family. I think. It's oh, okay. Wife's I thought it. Birth. I thought it might be. And I owned him last year in my season-long league, and I was sweating every single day. Like I, <laughs> I was just waiting for him to get shut down. I think he was dealing with like an Achilles injury or something, wasn't he? I was like, oh man, I just. I was so nervous with him all season long. Luckily, he didn't. He didn't bust. Uh, so, so that last thing I kind of want to ask you here is: there's always those guys that go undrafted that you know they've got potential, but because they don't have like a big role right now, they don't get drafted. Who Who are some guys that you're keeping an eye on right now to see if their role grows and they could potentially be those big waiver wire acquisitions that you know can lead to championships? Definitely. Uh, a couple that come to mind. One guy I really like to see are a veteran. He's going to be starting. He's on a team that has literally the most broke power forward in the day, and that's Chris Humphreys. I mean, they said this guy is going to start. They say he's shooting threes, which doesn't really matter, but I was in Washington, D.C. last year. I watched a lot of their games. This guy could hit the 20-foot jumper easily. If he's going to play, he could just rack up double-doubles this to me is a guy that if you're looking for rebounds, if you're looking for a good uh, shooting percentage, I think Chris Humphreys would be one of the top pickups of, at the beginning of the year. Our name Ian Mahini, he's one of mine. I think you have to look at more of the backup point guards. You got to look at guys. Um, I just went blank on his name, but he's uh, Dennis Schroeder for Atlanta. If something happens to Jeff Teague, a guy like Schroeder could just be huge, huge because he's coming in. He's going from 15 to 18 minutes a game to all of a sudden getting 30 to 35. So you have to jump on that if you see anyone injured. I like Mo Williams a lot. I know he's kind of getting drafted near the end of drafts. Kyrie Irving is, has been dead to me in fantasy since literally got in the NBA. So a guy like Mo Williams, he's going to play a lot. As long as Kyrie Irving's out, this guy's going to get 30, 35 minutes a game. He's a guy I really like. I already named Ronnie Hood. I think there's some other small forwards out there that – could potentially do stuff. I would stay away as much as I love the Memphis Grizzlies. That's not a situation I want to deal with. You have Jeff Green, you have Courtney Lee. There's just a lot of guys there that I don't really want. So if you're trying to draft Jeff Green hoping for something, 
uh, I would probably stay away from that. So yeah, I think you're going to get some big games. Yeah, and then I think uh, Porzingis for New York. I mean, he's coming in, he's starting. Their team's not going to be that good anyways, and that's one of the good things with a bad team is they're going to play their young guys whether they're losing no matter what their record is. So if this guy's getting 30, 35 minutes a game, I think he'd definitely, definitely pay off huge for fantasy owners. Yeah, I don't know if I'm sold on Porzingis. Um <laughs> I don't know. I didn't get to watch a you know a ton of the preseason. I caught I caught the Wizards. You mentioned you were here in D.C. last year. Uh, I I still live just outside of D.C. So um, I caught a couple of the Wizards games, but I I didn't get to see a lot of them, a lot of preseason action. So I, I don't really know how Porzingis really looked. Um, I don't know. There's just something about him that I there was there was just so much like negativity toward him in the off season. And after the draft, and maybe it was just because it was New York and Carmelo and everything else, but I don't know. I was shying away from him, and you know, I was telling all my friends to shy away from him. It's funny you brought up Mo Williams. My friend, my friend, like t- tweeted me, uh, like after round four of his draft, he's like, "Okay, now who do I get?" I'm like, "Well, who do you have?" And he told me all these players, and he mentioned Kyrie, and I was like, "Oh, you need to go get Mo Williams." <laughs> so, <laughs> so in like round ten, he grabbed Mo Williams, and. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank God you got him because I don't know what you would have done if you would have if you been stuck with Kyrie the whole year. Yeah, he, he not probably would been starting too. right now. He's hurt. Right. Is there any word on how long he's actually out? All I know is it's last I heard was no timetable. Yeah, I mean they say maybe January. The problem is what I don't think people realize, especially in the NBA, is great. Kyrie Irving, let's say he comes back. Is he going to be on a minutes limit? Is he going to play back-to-backs? Like, there's just so many concerns that yeah. happens with, with a guy like Kyrie Irving. They can't really, like, even if he comes back in two months, I still don't know how much he's going to play. So, I, I just I, – I avoid that situation a lot. You know, we were talking about some other guys to pick up. A guy that everyone's forgotten about is Jabari Parker. You know, this is a top pick last year. He was injured all last year. Should be back. He might not play in the first couple games, but he should be back soon. And he, he's going to be inserted in the starting lineup, or at least, you know, get a lot of minutes. So that's another guy I think people should watch out for. But I'm with you on Kyrie. I want nothing to do with him. Yeah, nothing at all. So last thing here to finish it up, who's your uh, Eastern Conference, Western Conference, and NBA champion? Oh, that's a good one. Um I don't really want to pick the Cavaliers, but I think I kind of have to. I mean, they have LeBron. I'm assuming Kyrie's going to be healthy. They, you know, we saw with Miami with LeBron, it kind of took him a year or two to get his feet under him. And just in the East, there's really no one, like, it's bad that, like, I like the Milwaukee Bucks and, like, Chicago Bulls. Like, those teams aren't amazing. So I'm going to go Cleveland and the East and then the West. It's not going to be Golden State. It's going to kill me to say this, but I think it's going to be the Thunder. You have Westbrook. You have Durant. They have an amazing just starting lineup. And then uh, we'll see. We'll see Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook take on the championship. So there we go. As much as it kills me to say that, that's that's the way it's my play. <laughs> yeah, that's actually kind of the way I was leaning too. Uh, you just gotta hope that Duran and company can stay healthy this year. That's such a that's such a good team when they're all healthy. Um, I don't know. Secretly, I'm hoping that they don't do it, and there's just a lot of bad blood there in in Oklahoma, and Duran wants to come to Washington next year. But we'll we'll, we'll see. 
Well, who you got? Who, who you're to? No, that's actually exactly what I was gonna be picking. There was was Cleveland and Oklahoma. I was thought, you know, I thought maybe you'd go with with the Spurs. You know, I know a lot of people like the Spurs, but I don't know. I just I can't buy into the the Marcus Aldridge craze, and he, all of a sudden they're gonna go win a championship now. And the team's just so old, even with him there, it's so crazy. Yeah, and it's crazy. Like like I like Tim Duncan. It's just like, and he's older than Tony Parker. But I'd almost like trust Tim Duncan a lot more than I trust Tony Parker. Like Tony Parker almost seems like he should retire in the next like year or something. Like he just his body seems to wear down. So I'm with you. I don't I don't think the Spurs do as well as people think. Yeah. I definitely agree. So all right, man. Well we uh we're gonna move on to some some other talk here, but uh appreciate you coming on and uh we'll have to bring you back on for some more fantasy basketball talk as throughout the year. Anytime, man. I appreciate you reaching out. It was great talking basketball, so thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. See you later, man. All right. Take it easy. All right. That was uh, that was Mark Kaplan from the Fantasy Alarm. You can – I forgot to I forgot to have him do his call out there, but you can follow him on Twitter at Guru. It's D-A-T-R-U Guru. Um, and he, he definitely knows his stuff there. And I appreciate AJ hanging on the line while we talk some fancy basketball. I know that you're not a a basketball guy there, but, uh, you know. No, I I know absolutely nothing when it comes to fantasy (laughs) basketball. Yeah, that's uh, why I – One league, and it's probably been at least 10 years since that happened. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's that's pretty bad. So – yeah, no, 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 that's good, and that's why I didn't want to try and take that on with you and me. You know, I wanted to get somebody on here that, that knew what they were talking about, and uh, you know, Mark, yeah, Mark's a good guy. Played in, that's fine. Played a, <laughs> yeah, played in a few leagues with him. He's a good guy, so uh reached out to him today and came on and filled the void there, so that's, that's good stuff. But So the World Series is on, and I'm going to switch back over to it. I've been watching some basketball. Um, my yeah, remote wants to work. three. One nothing KC thanks to uh, Alcides Escobar leading off the game with a uh, inside the park home run. Uh, Holy smokes! Okay, first pitch, first pitch fastball from Harvey, um, and I, I saw something interesting here on on ESPN's main page. Uh, Jim Bowden, ESPN insider, had a a little tweet or comment or whatever up um, saying that Escobar has now hit he's let off three of the games in the ALCS with a single double and a triple by swinging at first pitch fastball and now thanks to this inside the park home run off of Harvey's first pitch fastball he's hit for the cycle on the first pitch which is pretty impressive it is pretty impressive (laughs) it's just a it's one of those just like random stat facts that's out there that you wouldn't really ever think would be a thing, but somewhere some guy is in some basement digging these things up and is uh, forwarding them out to to Bowden and whoever else at ESPN. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Never never count out ESPN when it comes to random random stats, man. I will say they're – their researchers are crazy over there. They can find anything at the snap of fingers. It's Yeah. It's like, okay, well, this guy has 47 career 
uh, foul balls where he's let go of the bat into the stands on Thursday night. <laughs> it's like, what? What does that even mean? <laughs> like, why would he's that like, ever be yeah, relevant? Set a to record. Like, and they, and they always. I love how they say like he's set a record for the first three and a half games of the season for this team, and you're just like. It's not a record. That's just a random <laughs> stat. But okay, um, yeah. do, do your thing. Uh, um, so, who's who's your pick for the World Series? Ah, uh, it's tough, man. I, both teams are. I mean, the Mets obviously have this amazing starting pitching. The the Royals have their bullpen. So. I, I don't know. I, I think I tend to lead, lean toward the starting pitching, so I'm going to go with the Mets, but honestly, this is such a toss-up to me. But I'll, I'll ultimately pick the Mets. Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, I'm going to have to not pick the Mets because that's painful to do for me being a Philly fan. But Philly fan. Yeah, well, I, I also can't pick the Orioles staff. because we knocked out the yeah. Orioles last year, and I despise them now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so, so it's, it's really uh, you know kind of the the worst of both worlds here. But uh, I mean, I, I I like KC. I like what they've pretty much the the top of the game you know all season long. Uh, the Mets brought all these younger pitchers in, and you know they had Harvey back, and he's he had a pretty good year for them, and uh, you know he's he's been exactly what you know everybody thought he was going to be uh and then all these young pitchers are just pitching out of their mind so it's nice to see i i, I love seeing the, the strong rotation like that where you can throw any guy out there on any given day and basically plan on winning that game for the most part so I think it will be an interesting uh, an interesting battle to see their starters versus the KC starters uh, and, and see how they handle it. But I, I think I'm going to go ahead and say KC in six. All right. All right. Good deal. Uh, I mean, I like I said, I think I they're offensive uh, carry them. Uh, so. And that bullpen is shut down. So Yeah, it really if is. Can, if they can get to that and then – whether it's a, a tie game or, or if they even have the lead, you know, I, I think that they're they're gonna they're gonna take over those games. Yeah, the, definitely. I think the if they have the lead at all, or if it's tied once the starters come out, I think that definitely favors KC. So I can agree with you there. But and, that, and that's why I was saying it's such a toss-up, man. You know, but we'll see what happens. It should be it should actually be entertaining, an entertaining series. Um, yeah, I think so. Let's move so. on. Looking forward to it. You know, uh, we got some, we right. got some football yeah, to cover uh, here, and that's what that's what people are really here for, not to listen to us babble about the World Series. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. Can listen to the MLB so, network yeah. for that. But uh, yeah, let's talk a little football here. So, start off with um, probably you know definitely the biggest injury of the weekend in, in my mind. Um, Arian Foster uh, is is now basically out for the season due to this Achilles injury. And, it, you know, it definitely hurts 
to see that happen to any player. You know, you never want to see a guy go out for the season, especially in fantasy, and especially when he's a high draft pick. Now, the only, you know, caveat with, with Foster here was that because he was out earlier in the season, you know, coming into the season, his draft stock was definitely hurt, so he was dropping down in, in uh, you know, in the drafts and everything. And, and I don't know if you really targeted him or or had him on any of your teams. I, I liked him coming in based on the fact that he was potentially going to be coming back earlier than expected. But I didn't end up getting him in any of my leagues. And now that I see that he's out for the rest of the season, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Obviously, you can't so predict let's, that, let's, but... So you asked me if I had him on many of my teams. So let's think yeah. about this for a second. I have been hit with every single big injury in the NFL this year on <laughs> so any of my teams. Let's, say, let's take a wild guess to see if you think I had him on any of my teams. I'm going to go with Shocker, yes. Multiple ding, 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 yes. No, I only had him on one. It was one of my okay. slow draft teams from early August, and – he was my first round pick, and Jordy Nelson was my second round pick. Ugh. Somehow, I am actually seven and one in that league. Seven and one? I'm seven and one. Was it a fourteen league? No. I, well, because I snagged Brady late before his okay. suspension stuff. I like started taking risks. I saw you know yeah. I took guys like Brady and you know some other random guys. I was like, I just need to I need to go all upside guys, and they all hit. So it was like well, great. Um, so that kind of helps. Losing Foster. Yeah, in my mind, it's safe to say that you went, you know, high, really high risk, high reward with with Foster as your first pick. Um, uh, but now I mean, the reward is not there, obviously, because he's out for the season. But well, but I mean, see, I drafted him guy before that, he was. I drafted him before he got hurt. And, I mean, yeah, he's had seasons where he's missed, you know, he has had those, you know, where with ACL, but, yeah, he always misses a game or two. But, like, when he's in there, I mean, he's a top three back usually. Absolutely. So I was willing to miss a couple of games. And then, he, you know, it was like he's out for, like, almost a whole year with the groin, and then he was back early, and now he's out for real. I'm like, God damn it, so whatever. I just kind of laugh, you know, at this point. I can't, I'm not even mad. Like, I just kind of laugh at it, like, I don't know what to. I really, I really don't know what else to do at this point with with my injury uh, luck. I, I don't know if you want to call it luck, but you know what I mean. Well, yeah. I mean, so what what do we do with with this now? I mean, this situation. How do you move on from this? Like, it's a guy. I mean, that... I think you've you've definitely got to go after his backups. If you own him, you got to go after his backup uh, backups. I guess I don't even know. That's the tough part. So. You know, earlier in the year, it was, you know, it was Alfred Blue, Alfred Blue, Alfred Blue, and Chris Polk was kind of like change of, bat, change of pace. And then now that Foster came back, Polk is, has been the guy to get more carries, and he got more carries when Foster went down this past week. But something tells me that it's still going to be Blue as, like, the guy that they trust to carry the the more of the workload and Polk will still be kind of change of pace. But, you know, I don't think either one of them is going to be great by any means. It kind of takes blue 20 to 25 carries to get any sort of, any sort of value in return for you there. 
And I don't know if I really see that happening, especially with the Texans who seem to be falling behind in most games. And so yeah. they're passing a lot, which is making their quarterback and receivers pretty good. You know, I'm loving owning DeAndre Hopkins in one of my leagues and because he gets thrown to 25 times a game. Uh, yeah, so, he's had a stupid year so far. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm not going to go blow my, you know, blow my load on, on any of these guys. But obviously you've got to go after him if you own Foster because you're going to have a hole. But there's some other there's some other running backs that I kind of think could potentially be out there for you. And we were going to hit him up on the waiver wire, but it almost makes sense to just talk about him now. Um, you know, guys like Darren McFadden, especially this week with Joseph Randall being, you know, potentially hurt, and obviously Christine Michael is just not getting it done. Like he's not going to be part of this offense. It's, yeah, everybody can give uh, up on that. McFadden rolled last weekend. I mean, twenty nine yeah. attempts, I mean, one hundred and fifty two yards in the touchdown, and then he throw in I two mean, receptions on two targets. So, uh, I mean, I don't think he's going to be a big backfield, like out of the backfield passing threat guy. Um, I think maybe that will fall to Michael, especially if Randall is going to be out long term. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, McFadden's going to be the guy to run for sure. Well, I think, I mean, but that's the thing. So McFadden took the Randall spot, or not Randall, took the Dunbar spot when he went down. And now he also took Joseph Randall's spot. So they clearly have no faith in Christine Michael, no matter how many analysts out there think that he's going to take the job and how many beat writers and, and other random analysts of the NFL, you know, the... The Todd Mache's or not Todd Mache's, Todd Mache, yeah, Todd Mache's and, and all these guys from ESPN and they're gonna go, oh, it, Christy Michaels is getting carries and the Cowboys are saying this and they're saying that. No, stop, stop, people. It's just not gonna happen. It's not yeah. going to happen. I well, think Todd, we'll Todd Mache is the draft corn. guy, so I doubt he's really involved in right, this. Right? Yeah. Adam Schefter, maybe. Adam Schefter, thank uh, you. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. not Todd Mache. Um, more, you know what I meant, though. Like. Yeah, it's just it's done. Like I, we will see a unicorn before we see Christine Michael return fantasy value for your team. It's just yeah. not gonna happen. He's, he's you know, well, another guy. To, sorry, what were you gonna say? Uh, I was gonna say just to touch back on the backups between Blue and Polk. You know, like you said, you need 20 plus carries out of Blue before he's even gonna do anything. The only time he's gotten that is the Tampa Bay game in week three, where he had 31 carries and 139 yards and a touchdown. Right. Everything, so he has less than 10 carries in every other game. So, right. And, and very minimal yardage. Um, I, I talked about Chris Polk a while back. Um, you know, I think it was early, very early in the season when we were trying to figure out who was going to be the guy, you know, you know, when Foster was injured early. But I like Polk. He, he was – he was pretty solid when he played on the Eagles, but he was more of a special teams guy, a return guy. So he had some speed and quickness, but, I mean, he's another guy who's had one game where he's had over 10 carries. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, both of those guys are very, uh, you know, hit or miss, I think. And I just don't think they're going to be very fantasy worthwhile. But... You know, another guy that we're looking at here on the waiver wire list is uh, Kiri Robinson 
from New Orleans. You know, the, the funny yeah. thing here is is that him and, and Ingram had the same amount of touches, well, not touches, but carries for sitting at 14, and he only got 28 yards, but he had two touchdowns, which is nice. And then Ingram rumbled along for 143 yards and one touchdown. So, you know, I think it's – he's been kind of hit or miss this season, but Breeze hasn't been typical Breeze because he was injured early on. I think he's starting to come back around uh, a little bit, but I, I think their their offense has definitely shifted a little bit more run-heavy and Ingram has been great for him. So he's definitely the workhorse, but it's not going to hurt you to go out and grab Robinson now and, I, I hate to say it, but plan for an Ingram injury in two or three weeks from now. Uh, I, I don't want to put my uh, voodoo stink on it, but <laughs> I was going to say. With as much I don't think of, that's why I'm picking up Kyrie Robinson, though. It's it's no, no. He's well, he's getting more touches. It's more. I I'm picking up Kyrie Robinson because C.J. Spiller has not picked up that offense. He's not producing, and no. Kyrie Robinson is going to be the number two back there. In and he's actually looking like more of the number one passing back too. Um, I still think it's Mark Ingram's show. So don't get too excited. He scored twice this past week. Don't get all excited and expect that. But, you know, if you lost Foster, let's face it, you're probably pretty desperate at this point, and you can't go much worse than Kyrie Robinson. No, no. I mean, he's he's got four touchdowns all in a year, and aside from, you know, two of them were this past week, but that was really the most fantasy-relevant games he's had is when he's gotten those touchdowns. So... You know, it's, it depends on what New Orleans wants to do with that offense, and uh, and if they're going to stick with this heavier run, then he's going to have value. Yeah, and and one of the one of the last guys that I want to make sure that we mention here because I have a feeling people are going to kind of overvalue him is this Orleans Darkwa from the New York Giants. Um, honestly, at this point. I don't – the New York backfield is a mess. Uh, nobody seems to be any good. And there are now four – yes, four running backs that are getting touches from the New York Giants backfield. I mean, you know, we usually see two – all right, there's a few teams that incorporate three. Now we've got four. I'm I'm ready to not – like. I I don't even want to bother with running backs in fantasy football anymore. This is so stupid. Um, I I agree. How it's do you like, deal with this? Yeah, I mean, soon every team is going to just be made up of running backs on their offense, but they're going to flank two guys out to one side, and they're going to be basically wide receivers. Um, but, the, I mean, running backs, from what we've seen, and, and we see it every year, with the injuries to, to all these top-tier guys, which I don't even honestly know if you can call them top-tier anymore because of the drowned-out value of running backs. But, you know, here's a guy who fits in perfectly as what we were just talking about, and this this topic now as a Wheel of Fortune 
you know, before and after of New Orleans Darkwa. Okay? But he had eight touches. Eight touches for 48 yards and a touchdown. And, yeah, the touchdown's great. But now now you look at this and you decide, who's going to get the touchdown? That's the problem with this. You have four guys fighting to get to the end zone. And, you know, before when it was two backs, you'd have one guy that was the bruising back and one guy that was usually the smaller speed guy going, you know, between the, the, the 20s, and then you'd put the bruiser in for, for the red zone. Now you have a third guy come in who's your third down pass catching back, and now you got this guy. Like, what? when does it end? Yeah, I don't even know. Like, I, I'll i be perfectly honest with you. I, I had never heard of Orleans Arquois before. I'll I haven't either. Back the, I, the box when I was looking at our, our like, list for tonight's that? show, I was like, who? I had to look it up because I had no idea who the hell he was. Yeah, it's it's not good. it's not good there. But don't don't go crazy over Orleans Starkwell. Avoid that situation. But yeah, with Foster, I mean, I think your best bet is if you got some depth of receiver or tight end or quarterback or something, try and make a trade for somebody. It's it's hard to trade for running backs this year because the depth is is so bad on all these on everybody's team. I mean. I don't have a running back one on almost any of my fantasy teams anymore. They've just all gone down or there just isn't one anymore. Like there's just not enough of them. Um, so it's going to be tough to move on losing a guy, a guy like Foster. I mean, my on that team, I lost him. My best running back is, is that the team I have? I think I have Gio Bernard and Andre Ellington now. I think those are my two best running backs. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Oh, my, I mean, my team in our league, I lost, uh, Charles, and I'm sitting on uh, C.J. Spiller, who we just talked about, uh, Darren Sproles, who is worthless in our league because we don't get the special teams touchdowns, uh, okay. Amir Abdullah, who's been a disappointment, uh, and yeah. Garrett Blount, who was a major disappointment this past week, but you know he he's kind of up and down, and and the New England running back situation is so hit or miss you know, most of the, the season as it is too. And now the Giants are like taking a page from that with hey, you know, anything you can do, we can do better. And with more running backs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't get it's it. interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. But anyway, moving on. You know, good, good luck all you foster owners out there. I'll, I feel your pain. But moving on, um, so the Dolphins, man, like they apparently ate their Wheaties this past weekend. Like what in the world? <laughs> that was crazy. I turned on the game and it was already like 24 nothing or whatever the crazy score was. I'm like, I feel like we're in the first quarter. Oh, we still were. Um, I mean, they went into complete cruise control. They scored 41 points in the first half and they scored 44 points total. I mean, they complete cruise control in the second half and a blur Lamar Miller had over I want to say over 300 yards over 300 scrimmage yards in the first half I thought I was gonna get like a 70 point game out of this guy and then they just decided not to play anybody but um 
like what happened to this team all of a sudden? Like, where'd this come from? Are, are you buying? I, into I don't this? know, but Philbin is somewhere, uh, you know, in a, a back bedroom of his house, probably tying a noose and getting ready to just kick the little bench over at this point. Little, uh, I mean, this dark, team man. coming into the <laughs> <laughs> well. What do you expect? I mean, they started off the year horribly, and, you know, he gets fired, you know, and then this explosion of two huge wins in a row. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know what to make of it that much either, but, I mean, you, you come into this year and you look at this team on paper, and they have a lot of solid offensive weapons. Uh, I mean, Miller was kind of that on-the-cusp type running back and trying to, to to take that next step to be the main guy. Um, you know, you lose uh, Mike Wallace, um, I think. Was that last year or the year before that Wallace left? I thought that was coming into this year. But either way, you hand over the reins to Jarvis Landry, who had a breakout year last year and is following it up very nicely this year. Uh, You throw in another guy, Rashard Matthews, who's had a a solid campaign so far this year. And Tannehill's a young quarterback who's been great. Uh, I mean, he's a a guy that most, most teams were drafting, you know, in those mid to later rounds when all of these other top-tier quarterbacks are, are getting scooped up and taken earlier on, and he's outperforming them. I mean, that said a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm getting tweets from uh, from Richard here. He says, I have Miller, Hamster, and Freeman in a 16-team league, and I'm killing them. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like, I, I tell you what, though, I remember he told me that was his team in this in, a, in this league uh, before the season started, and I was like, Ugh, I don't know, man. And it's like, geez. I mean, he's talking like the number one, the number five, and number ten running back in fantasy football, and most teams are struggling to have a top twenty running back on their team right now. That's uh, that's that's something else. You you should be just. Dis- absolutely destroying these and i'm pretty sure that's the fswa league too so so uh that's that's some pretty good competition that he's he's in right now uh so congrats to him to to, uh, i think being on top right now uh but yeah it the dolphins man i i don't know that's such a crazy situation there you know they fire their coach they have the bye week and and now they look like an unstoppable team it'll be interesting though because they've got the the Patriots this Thursday and you know they've done it against two you know weaker opponents so it'll be interesting to see if they can do it against the Patriots this weekend I kind of think they'll put up a fight I don't know if they're going to win but they'll put up a fight and you know at least I'll say this the last thing I want to say about the the Dolphins because because we're kind of running out of time Um, the last thing I want to say about the Dolphins is at least they're finally fantasy relevant again because the first three weeks of the season you were just like, what do I do with my Miami Dolphins not named Landry? I mean, I yeah, was ready exactly. to try him. That's what oh, I was saying. Miller. So, uh, I mean, and that's a, the thing, too. I, I said Tannehill just, you know, destroying it. In standard leagues, he's sitting at, at 
14th, it looks like, overall. So he's probably right in line with where most people were drafting him. Um, but, yeah, the, the two teams they played are lesser teams. So Thursday is going to be a good test for them. And, and yeah, with New England's weaker pass, you know, uh, you know, weaker defense against the pass, I think that the that they could put up some numbers. And whether it's because they're playing from behind or because they're putting up a hell of a fight, um, so it, it's, it's going to be a good game to watch. But yeah, let's move on to the next topic here. Yeah, man, and uh, and and one last thing, just just because I know we touched on it last week, I want to talk about Sharkandrick West. I mean, we were all ready to kind of write this guy off and think, oh, well, there went that. Everybody that was blowing their money on this guy wasted it. And uh, I I sat him in the league that I ended up picking him up in, and you know what? That was a mistake. Is he he looked like the real thing, you know? And the Pittsburgh Steelers, they aren't the pushover that you think they are anymore on especially on you know on on defense um i think as of at the beginning of last week they were number two against fantasy running backs and now they're number three so he he did pretty good um that's not a bad not a bad opponent to do it against so uh, who do they have this week? Kansas City is Detroit, and it's in London. Oh, so they're going to be right. the early or the early game. Um, yeah, which I know we we and, both love, but yeah, the Lions. I mean, that should be a much easier matchup. So we'll see if he can he can replicate his success. That's uh, he you know, especially now like. With all the injuries, I think you're going to have to be forced to plug in somebody like Wes. I will say, now Davis, drop him. If you own him, drop him. He's worthless at this point. Like, there's no reason to hold on to this guy anymore. He's not even – when you get, like, three touches last week? Don't yeah, he's not, he's not worth owning right now. Um, no. I mean, here again, unless you have enough space on your bench that you're – hoping for him to try to get back involved, but I, I don't see it after that performance. I mean, 22 for 110 and a touchdown, you know, another two catches for 19 yards on five targets, which is kind of nice. Um, so if he if he keeps that target number for catching up too, you know, that's gonna that's just going to further help his, his, uh, his value, especially in PPR. So, uh, I mean, I, I think yeah, I think maybe we we jumped the gum on uh, saying he he was complete dud and everything like that, but it's a nice bounce back game. I, I still think that to me, I want to see more. Um, you know, oh, Pittsburgh. Course. I and, and I thought going into that game that Kansas City was was a beat down team that they lost their their heart and soul in Charles. And and he made that team go. Um, you know, Macklin's been been down with those concussion symptoms now. So uh, to me, that that was an easy win for Pittsburgh. Even going into KC, who typically is tough to beat at home, but they were 0-2 going into that game. You know, so all signs to me were pointing towards Pittsburgh, and West just came out and made that all go away. So I, I, yeah, I think definitely. I still want to see some more out of him. Um, you know, it'll be it'll be good to see what he can do with 
the the long layover and time difference and and uh you know a, another average team in general so i think he's got he's got the makings to have another solid game definitely match up friendly that is for sure so you know so just wanted to make sure that we pointed on that and to kind of say that well i guess we were we were wrong and then we were wrong again but he just yes <laughs> we I don't even know, but so going over some injuries here, getting ready for week for week eight. You know, we talked about Foster. You know, we've brought up the Joseph Randall injury. Uh, another injury that uh, I don't know if a whole lot of people know about is Chris Ivory He's dealing with tightness in his quad. Looked like he kind of restricted this past week, but that also could have just been the Patriots. Just you know, they they like to take away one or two guys and and make the rest of them beat them. And it looked like they were focusing on Ivory, but you know, I did see him on the sideline, kind of jogging around a few times, trying to work out that 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 quad. So that's that's something you have to keep an eye on. Um, Carlos Hyde actually is a is another injury. He um, and we'll talk about him a little bit later, actually. But Carlos Hyde, you know, he's been dealing with his foot injury, and, and except for Week One when he had that big blow up week against the Vikings. He hasn't really shown a whole lot of anything. So um, it seems like he's going to play through it. And with the running back situation, you know, in the, the state of the running backs now, I think you're going to still be forced to play him. But I don't know if you can really rely on him at all. Um, yeah, I don't own Hyde in any of my leagues. And I'm yeah, happy about that. I, I've never been really Hyde on him. So I think. Uh, We'll see what this injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was there. I had to take it. Um, no, you didn't. I mean, you, you got awful. Reggie Bush, but I think he's working off an injury as well. So I'm just staying away from San Fran in general. But oh yeah, yeah, they're a train wreck of an offense. Um, yeah, moving on. Josh McCown. He got a shoulder injury. He may or may not play. There's not a whole lot. Like, it's really kind of iffy news coming out of Cleveland right now. So, I don't know if you're really starting him anyway, but just throw it out there. And probably the biggest news out of all of this after Arian Foster is Des Bryant possibly returning this week. Uh, I didn't really think it was possible for him to return this week. I didn't think that he was really – I knew he had been starting to practice, but he was just doing kind of side work. But now they're saying he might start. Now you you know he might play. I don't know. Even if he comes back, I do own him in one league. I don't even know if he does come back. If I'm going to start him this week, uh, Matt Castle looked like complete trash. And if he, you know he's probably going to be on a snap count, he'll be doing limited work. I don't want to rely on him. You know, possibly re-injuring it and. And getting, I think there's way more of a chance that he gets two points than he gets 20 points, you know, type of thing. So I think I'd rather put in some of these guys that I know could get, could get, easily get me eight to 12 than a guy that who is probably way more likely to get me two. I don't know what, you, yeah, what your thoughts on that are. It's been, it's been tough to, in general, to try to, take that risk and play these guys coming off injury for their first game back. 
but we've seen, you know, with Antonio Gates, granted his was a suspension, not not an injury, but he's always pretty much beat up at some point throughout the year anyways. Um, he had a, a huge game back. Um, you know, there's a couple other guys out there that have kind of done more of the same. Julius Thomas had a, a solid first game back, and then he was a complete mm-hmm. stud this week. Um, you know, Gates was out this week. <laughs> so it's it's a tough call. I mean, it's a, it's a judgment thing, and you just got to try to do what's best for your team or what you think is best for your team. If he comes back, though, yeah, Castle looked absolutely horrendous in that game. Excuse me, and and I don't know <laughs> what what he is going to bring to the table much more than what Whedon was bringing to the table. At least Whedon was just the little checkdown guy. You, you knew what he was, but he was pretty decent at doing the checkdowns. They still weren't winning games, but. I don't know if Castle's the answer. I, I think until Romo gets gets back, that, that team is, is kind of on a free fall. Yeah, and uh, Richard Richard's reminding me here that, you know, <laughs> Dallas is playing Seattle, so there's probably even more of a reason to avoid to avoid them and probably all the Cowboys. Uh, I know we mentioned McFadden as a possible pickup, but <laughs> um, probably only if you've lost Foster or if you're completely desperate. Uh, and he did, and, and I forgot about this, but Ben Roethlisberger looks like he's on track to return too. That is huge news to Antonio Brown owners. Uh, they've been, you know, just treading water, hoping, hoping for Ben to come back because he's been, been pretty bad since since Ben Roethlisberger went down. Um, oh yeah, and no, uh, I think you know, I think the, it'll... Uh, the Cowboys game though. You mentioned they're playing Seattle, and Seattle has looked better. Um, but they're, you know, Cowboys are apparently three and zero with Carl Sheffers as the ref since 2010. Another ESPN oddity. I was going to say so, you, you had to get it from ESPN because you sure as hell didn't look that up. Oh no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I would never pull something that far out of my ass. But it was like, I mean, it's pulling out ref stats. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but apparently Carl Carl Sheffers' crew is working the Dallas game, so uh, it'll be interesting. They have Matt Castle. Four happened. Yeah, I I, I think but, that they're they're going to lose that game. Um, but yeah, so moving on. Um, I guess the the only other couple of waiver wire guys that we we hadn't mentioned yet. We kind of went through all the running back ads. Um, Nate Washington for Houston. Uh, I mean, he's been a guy that's been in this division for a long time. He's never really been great in my mind. I, I don't. I mean, all of the, all of his points were garbage time points as it is, and yeah, I do were. think Houston is going to be fighting to come back in the majority of these games uh, for the rest of the season, but he's out there. If if you're desperate for wide receiver help, you know, you can take a flyer on him. I'm personally not buying into it, um, but... 
I'll be yeah. I'll be perfectly honest. I I put this one on the list as a joke. There's no way yeah. in the hell you pick up Nate Washington. Um, I was kind of hoping you would have caught on to that, but I don't think you did. <laughs> yeah, I got your. No. I saw your he's, note of come on, he's awesome, but I kind of figured. Uh, uh, it's a, it's a, it, I think it was absolutely a flute game. You know, he's had, he's had a couple good games in his career here and there, but now I'm not, I'm not putting my faith in him at all. Uh, people are going to see the big stats and they're going to go pick him up and whatever, more power to you. I, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere near him. Uh, I do like his quarterback though, Brian Hoyer. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, and, and just kind of a funny note I put uh Mallet was was cut today for Actually, being I disgruntled and you put that note. Yeah, no, I Yeah, I, I threw it in there, but I, I laughed when I saw it, that's why I needed to add it in there. Yeah, he uh I guess what he was cut for it was really for missing the flight, but I don't know if you saw the game that he got he wound up getting benched in. I guess he got hurt, came out of the game, and then never and never got put back in. And he just sulked and sulked and, like, was obviously just right up on the edge of the sideline and, like, mouthing, like, I can't believe this. This is stupid. Like, <laughs> it was pretty funny to watch. Like, it was really childish looking uh, for a pro. <laughs> but so he – He's been cut, and Brian Hoyer now is obviously the guy, if, if there was any question. But uh, Hoyer's been you know, good because of garbage time, basically. So he's he's worth a pickup if if for, you know for a bye week filling type of player, if you need one. Yeah, I I like Hoyer. I like what he's done so far, and and he's you know, he's put up numbers. So whether it's garbage time numbers or not, they all count. Wins you the game, so. The more they all count, get, man. Yeah, the more points you get, the better off you are. But yeah, from from what I was reading on Mallet, it looks like you know if it was up to you know head coach uh, Bill O'Brien, he probably would have been cut earlier. But their GM yeah, was, that way. was overruling that and everything. But now I think with this latest uh, shenanigans of missing a team flight, uh, they they kind of uh, decided to part ways. So gotta get to. Uh, Get to that southwest counter there, buddy. Get there on time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the uh, the other quarterback to mention here is uh, is Fitzpatrick of the Jets. Um, I honestly picked him up last week as a potential, not even a bye week fill in. I, I had Bradford from the week before, and I just don't trust Bradford anymore. Um, and, and I picked Fitzpatrick up, and I was pretty happy with the, the result. So he's another guy that's out there, and, and he's got two solid receivers in, in Eric Decker and, and Brandon Marshall, um, and a solid run game with Chris Ivory when you know when he's 100% or even not 100%. I'm sure he's going to be rumbling all over the place. So I, I think Fitzpatrick's a guy that you can definitely have as a bye week fill in, and even you know, four solid matchups um, yeah. throughout the rest of the way. Yeah, he's he's got a very favorable matchup uh, schedule, at least for the next few weeks. He's got at Oakland, Jacksonville, Buffalo, Houston, and then and then Miami. And, you know, we'll see if that defense holds up. They've played pretty well here the last couple of weeks. The Giants, meh. Tennessee, then Dallas, they, they're kind of eh. 
then the Patriots, and then Buffalo again. Well, Buffalo's week 17, so that shouldn't matter in your league. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, that is really overall a very favorable schedule, and he could easily jump in. He's ranked 15th overall on ESPN. Um, he could easily jump up the you know the ranks there and become a top 12 quarterback the rest of the way. Um, so, it, you know, I'm – in the, I'll tell you, in the league that that I dropped Peyton Manning and picked up Bortles, um, I've got him and Tyrod on my team right now, and I'm dropping Bortles to get Fitzpatrick this week. You know, I'm ho- hopefully I can get Bortles back because I think Bortles is going to be better the rest of the way. Um, but they uh, they're both they're both solid quarterbacks. I think that you can easily win with. Yeah, oh, Bortles has been a nice surprise this year. What yeah. he's put up and. And if he is still out there, or if he's, like you said, you're dropping him this week, he's on the bye. So, yeah, if somebody drops him and you need help, go put in a claim for him and pick him up Thursday. Uh, or, I'm sorry, I mean, it's, uh, Friday. It's either, it's either him or Tyrod, and I kind of think I'd rather have Tyrod. Yeah, Tyrod's going to get you those running points as well. So, overall, I like Tyrod better. Um, but, I mean, you can't argue with with you know the 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 law firm of Allen and Allen, uh, you know Robinson and Hearns catching balls from Bortles. They've they've been a really nice uh, triumvirate of players. So yeah, they've been they've definitely been legit there. So all right, well let's finish up here as we always do every week and give us our. We'll give our best worst fantasy games, sleepers and busts, and let's try and do rapid fire here since since we are okay. already a little over time here. So I'll start best fantasy game. Pittsburgh Cincy of Big Ben plays. I think this is gonna be a pretty big offensive game. Antonio Brown's gonna be back. He's gonna probably catch ten passes for hundred and fifty on this team. Uh Pittsburgh's defense is, is better, but they're still not good. These are both two top top offenses in the league that I think could, could this could be a shootout big time. Yeah, my my best fantasy game. Um I, I did like that game too, but I, I gotta go Tampa Bay, Atlanta. Um I mean Tampa Bay has been pretty bad against the Pats this year. So I think Matt Ryan could bounce back and have a, a you know a nice statistical game instead of these kind of like mid teens games that he's been putting up lately. Um, or lower. Uh, Mike Evans turned it on and finally broke out last week against your beloved Redskins, even though the Redskins still won the game. Uh, and he finally showed me why I drafted him where I did in the second round in both of my leagues. Um, so that's the game I like. Now, the game I don't like is the, uh, the Indianapolis-Carolina game. Um, I, I think it's, you know, with all the, the downplay of, of luck and, you know, his issues, I still don't think he's 100% healthy. You know, Cam Newton's kind of doing everything on his own. You know, Stewart's had a couple of decent games, but, you know, they, they still don't have a wide receiver core for, for Newton to throw to. So it's it's too much being put on on him. So I think next Monday night could be a snoozer of a game. Yeah, that was one of the ones I was looking at. Um, the one I ultimately picked, though, and I think it was the one that you ultimately wanted to pick, uh, was San Fran and the Rams. You know, San Fran's off 
disaster. The Rams' defense is great. The Rams' offense isn't very good, and even though San Francisco's defense isn't as good as it once was, it's still not still not horrible. Excuse me. Um, I just I feel like this could be like a a thirteen to six game or something. It's just going to be bad, and you know I think Gurley's going to be the only guy you're going to want to start in this game. Yeah, yeah, it was a game that I was definitely looking at, but I was like, eh, I gotta pick something different. Yeah, so moving on to the the sleepers and bus here, I'll start off. I'll I'll roll off my. Uh, I'll start off with the bus. Just uh, I'll, I'll tell you why here at 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 the end. But my bust is actually going to be Aaron Rodgers, and I know as crazy as it seems, uh, it's going against that Denver defense, and they are legit. I mean, they are, to me, are by far the, the best defense in the league. I mean, I know Carolina's really good, but this Denver defense is just sick. Denver would not be six, not be anywhere near sniffing 6-0 and if it wasn't for this this, this defense. Um, so I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to struggle a little bit this week. And, you know, he hasn't really been quite all there anyway um, this this year. You know, he's still Aaron Rodgers. He's still getting your points. But he's had some kind of meh weeks, you know, a 15, a 14, a 19 a couple weeks ago right before the bye. I mean, still good, but it's not what you expect from Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, a lot of people just ultimately make him uh, you it's a must start. And, yeah, I mean, you're probably not sitting in if you own him. But I'd think about it if I had somebody else with a much – favor much more favorable matchup than going to Denver. Uh it's just not something I really want to go after there. Um my bus running back is Carlos Hyde. I mentioned it before. The foot injury I think is really affecting him. The offense is just trash in San Fran and they're playing they're playing St. Louis. St. Louis is top notch defense. Um you know if they're they're not as good as Denver but they're they're right there with them. Um so that's definitely Carlos Hyde. I think you can really just kind of say the entire San Fran offense, but I'm going to go with Hyde because I think people are overvaluing him. My bust receiver, and I'm going to say receivers, is actually uh, the Colts receivers. You know, you mentioned it earlier. They're playing Carolina. Andrew Luck doesn't look the same. I know Hilton had the big blow-up game last week. Yeah, basically it was two catches. They got him all of that. Um, Moncrief has kind of slowed down big time here lately and going against Carolina. I just, I don't, I don't think you're going to be able to expect a whole lot of anything from that. And, um, until Andrew Luck can prove that he can, can make some better decisions and, and that, that offense can, can get things going more consistently. I think you're going to get some, some bus games from, everybody on that team, especially when they play the, the better defenses. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so what I've got here for my bust players is uh, I'm going, you know, big name quarterbacks just like you were here and I'm I'm going Drew Brees. You know, we've, we've talked about him earlier this year, as I said before, and how he was injured and wasn't necessarily a hundred percent. But, the, the interesting stat that I did find is that the Giants have only allowed more than one touchdown to a quarterback twice, only twice so far this season. 
And Breeze himself has only thrown more than one only twice. So it was kind of a, an interesting correlation that I saw there. I just I don't I think he'll get his one touchdown. I just don't I think they're gonna be leaning more heavily on the run and that's where, where that game's gonna go. Um my bust running back again, keeping with my bust game and your bust receivers, I'm going Frank Gore here. Uh, Carolina was absolutely torched by the Philly running backs this past week. Um, but I just don't see Gore doing it. I mean, he he's typically Mr. Consistent and everything like that, but he's he's a guy who this year only has one touchdown in the past four weeks. So that Indy offense really needs to get it figured out, and I think – in order to do that, he needs to step it up too. But I'm staying away from Gore this week. Um, and then my bust receivers are also a uh, set of receivers. Um, I, I mentioned them earlier, Eric Decker and, and Brandon Marshall. They're great weapons for Ryan Fitzpatrick. But unlike Oakland's you know, very weak uh, defense against opposing quarterbacks, they're actually very good against opposing receivers, which somehow doesn't seem to make sense to me. But Because they're horrible against tight ends. Yeah, so I think that's where, where the difference is. But um, I think Decker and Marshall are, are solid options if you don't have anybody else. And, and on paper, you see Oakland and figure, oh, this is going to be a good matchup, but... Uh, they're guys that I, I don't think are going to be as great as they have been this week. Yeah, and then um, yeah, so I'll start off with the sleepers and and uh, we'll we'll here and, I'll, and I'll let you do the rec- your receiver first. Um, but my my sleeper quarterback is actually going to kind of. Uh, I mean, I, I agree with you there that Oakland's pretty good against the receivers, but, you know, as you said, they're pretty bad against because of the tight ends. Now, they just don't have a great tight end, so maybe this is a bad pick, but I, I just think that because they don't have a good tight end, those receivers are going to get open, and Fitzpatrick is going to have a good game. Um, and he he's kind of that, that middle-tier quarterback that nobody's really looking at but I think he could easily be a top 10 guy this week for, for fantasy. All right. Uh, my quarterback there is, uh, I'm going to go with Teddy Bridgewater. There's just a couple guys that I, I did kind of like going into this spot, but Bridgewater was a guy who was kind of a sleeper pick, you know, in drafts and people were taking him late, um, hoping that he was going to kind of break out and everything. And he finally did have a, a really nice game last week against Detroit. Now, granted, it's Detroit, but, you know, he came up pretty big for him, and, and I like I like his matchup this week again against Chicago, um, who's also, you know, another division opponent that's not very good. So uh, I, I like to, to see what Bridgewater can do this week. I think he can have a good good game for you. Yeah. Yeah, Bridgewater is okay, especially with uh, with uh, with his new new weapon there. Um, so 
So running back for me, sleeper is going to be Doug Martin. He's still kind of being undervalued from what I can tell in the rankings. And I don't really know why, um, you know, they, we, you mentioned the matchup earlier, Atlanta. They're just not very good on defense. I think Martin's going to have another good game. Yeah. I, I really liked Martin this week as well. I mean, just go back to that, that, Atlanta Dallas game where it was the Joseph Randall you know Freeman show and it was just who who wants to run harder farther faster this time so I yeah I think Martin's a good pick but I I like uh, I've already mentioned him a couple of times tonight uh, Mark Ingram um, I think he's going to have another big game uh, I just I just like the matchup and I think he's going to you know be able to put up good yards against a weak Giants defense um, against the run, and uh, you're, you're playing him regardless at this point because he's he's one of the top options out there. Then shifting back over to my receiver, uh, who you were kind of alluding to as the uh, secret weapon for Bridgewater, is uh, Stefan Diggs, and we talked about him last week as the waiver wire pickup and. He's he is the hype. I mean, he's been he's been very good the past two weeks. Um, Charles Johnson still hasn't really been doing much. Mike Wallace isn't really doing much right now. Um, I, I think him and Bridgewater have a, a real nice, uh, uh, you know, working relationship going on here, and, and I think that's gonna gonna keep up, and he's gonna have a, a big game against Chicago. Yeah, and really the big reason why I wanted you to go first on that one is because I knew you had him written down first, uh, but that was going to be the guy I was going to write down. If Stephon Diggs was <laughs> was my was my sleeper receiver, but I want to give you give you uh, credit for writing it down first, I guess. But uh, I, I was kind of searching and searching and searching for somebody who I kind of had ranked higher than than everybody else by by a while and <laughs> or by by. A, a good bit, and he was really the only one on my rankings compared to everybody else on so-called fantasy experts that I had ranked higher. Uh, I got John Brown ranked a little bit higher, so maybe, but I don't really know if that's much of a sleeper anymore. But I think Diggs at this point, like he's still kind of being overlooked by a lot of people. Maybe not, though. I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Um, but you know, since he's still a little bit of an unknown. Um, I think he can still be considered a sleeper, and I and I've definitely got him ranked quite a few spots ahead of the the so-called fantasy experts average right now out of the uh, the six of us that rank. So uh, yeah, that's a good think, uh, just a couple other quick sleeper picks that you could use to fill your void there. Uh, Devontae Adams, also another guy that we probably could have highlighted in the waiver wire pickups. Um, he's expected to play in Sunday's game against the Broncos. He's that deep threat that Green Bay is lacking right now and, and I think he could be the guy that, you know, ends up being the sneaky play this week. Um and, and then another guy you mentioned, John Brown, but um I like uh I like Michael Floyd too from Arizona. He's kinda of stepped up and seems to be their, their go to end zone guy now. Yeah. And definitely a zone target there. Yeah, I think Joe Hayden's gonna be busy trying to, to keep Fitzy in check uh, and then possibly shifting over to guard Brown and no one's going to be there to, to watch Floyd. So he could be another sneaky type does, for you. Does, does Hayden really matter anymore? Uh, 
Not as much as he used to. I, I, I do think he's fallen off a little bit. I still think he's a talented, you know, corner. But Cleveland's not, you know, as the greatest against the pass. So, um, yeah, I think this is going to be another. I don't think he's. I don't think he's, match. he's where he used to be. Yeah, I, I think Arizona's looking at another pretty favorable matchup here against against a pretty against against the Browns here that that are pretty susceptible against against the pass and especially against the run. So Chris Johnson yeah. might be might be looking for another big day. You know, hopefully he gets the rest to help him by not you know, blowing the whistle on what a dead <laughs> play that was. Uh, that was kind of a joke, uh, but. Anyway, that's all we had for the show. Uh, thanks for coming on and listening. And uh, thanks again to Mark Kaplan of Fantasy Alarm for coming on and talking some hoops with us. Uh, hopefully I can get him on a few more times this year. And, and uh, I think we'll probably be bringing some of the so-called fantasy experts guys uh, on to talk some hoops throughout the year. And, um, yeah, we will be back next week, same time, same channel. And uh, have a good one. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Uh-huh.